if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Our number two is underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Good morning. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday, the 27th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks to Jim Renacy for joining us in the first hour of the program. We are going to uh, have open phone lines for this hour, sort of, kind of. I do want you to stay on point because there are some topics that I want to cover uh, and I would welcome your thoughts on, but we are guest free, so plenty of phone call opportunities for you. 216-901-0945. Save that in your phone. People accuse me of saying it too fast and you can't call. Save it, then you don't have to listen for it. 216-901-0945. The other one is 888-281-1110. All right, we'll get you on the radio somewhere or the other. To follow up to the last call around, I said, hey, is there a list? Is anybody making a list of all of the people who are promoting cancel culture? So the answer to that question, short answer is no. Um, but with a caveat, the, the list is ever-growing. It's monolithic. It's huge because virtually every liberal Democrat in any position of power, whether it be electoral power, in other words, somebody who's an elected official, or big tech power, anybody who works for or runs any of the uh, companies that well, quite frankly, control the flow of information in America. That used to be the mainstream media. And it is to a degree still, but they have ceded a lot of their control of of the flow of information to big tech, because big tech is faster than mainstream media. Meaning, of course, that, you know, the nightly news is still just the nightly news. And while there are 24-7 news stations, you know, same thing with newspapers. They still come out, you know, one time a day. So much of the control of information is now in the hands of big tech. And big tech is wielding their authority to cancel people um, and to cancel corporations. The caller mentioned Mike Lindell and MyPillow being pulled from stores. Not only that. Um, but also Mike Lindell has had his Twitter account canceled by Big Tech. Twitter has decided that Mike Lindell's questioning and challenging of the integrity of the 2020 presidential election means he no longer has the right to be heard. Not on their forum. They don't believe in free speech. So I told the caller um, at the end of that call last hour that there was a guest at hand. It was Leo Holman, and it was a couple of weeks now. 
But Leo put together kind of a list of uh, several of the worst offenders in terms of big tech censorship and in terms of, uh, you know, the cancel culture and what we should do to fight back. What are the alternatives? And so I just want to share this with him and with you for just a second before we get into the other news of the day. Um, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, in particular, among all the social media sites, they are the worst offenders. First of all, they sell and hand over your data to the government, to send, uh, and then they sell it to their corporate buddies. Second of all, they invade your privacy. And third of all, they suppress your free speech. Uh, so the suggestion is ditch Google products like Chrome, uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon's, uh, uh, Fire, I'm sorry, not Amazon's, um, I forget who, uh, Mozilla. Mozilla owns Firefox. Uh, Apple owns Safari. Microsoft Explorer is obviously owned by Microsoft. Replace those browsers with browsers like Brave.com or Dissenter.com, which might be even a little bit better. Instead of using a YouTube, use BitChute or Rumble for video posting services. So these are just some of the alternatives to some of the worst offenders of the cancel culture. This is exactly what the caller was talking about. So a couple more. Cancel all subscriptions online or print uh, with the mainstream media. Do not spend a nickel on the New York Times, the Washington Post, the USA Today, or even your local newspapers because they're all garbage, and I will submit to that. I will completely concur. Um, local newspapers around here are so left-wing, it's not even funny. They abandoned all pretense of objectivity in order to use their publications as left-wing talking points. Uh, and that's just the reality of the situation, and I hate to say it, but it's real. Rather than doing that, get your news from sources like the Epic Times, LifeSite News is another great one, and I, I there's a lot of news aggregators you can get out there and you know kind of see the the nice thing about the internet, which I really find more and more deplorable as time goes on, the existence of the internet. But the nice thing about it is you kind of can pick and choose what is real news and what is fake news, and subscribe to those particular publications. Um, I do that. As a matter of fact, I have on across my bookmark. Across, I'm looking at it right now. Across the top of my uh, computer screen, where you have all of your bookmarks, I have several folders. And I have my mail, several email accounts in there. And I have social, which is the social media accounts. And I have this, that, and the other. But then the two in the middle are real news and fake news. And I have on my real news folder, in my real news folder, just the names of a lot of the news sources that I trust, uh, that I found to be accurate, and to provide me with uh, you know, the other side of the story that I don't get from the folder full of fake news that I have in there. So you can find them. Uh, some of the suggestions were What Finger News, uh, Worldview Report, Canon 12, Gateway Pundit, National Pulse. There are others, Daily Mail, or not Daily Mail, beg your pardon, Daily Wire, Daily Signal is another one. Uh, Townhall.com is one of my first ones to go to each and every day. Uh, so there are plenty of places to get your news from, rather than the uh, ones that are you know, part of cancel culture. Drop Disney, Netflix, Hallmark Channel, the NBA, and the NFL. It is painful to say that you can't watch a lot of the things. You enjoy movies on some of these things. You enjoy the sports. I know because I get sucked back in, especially to the uh, NFL, um, or at least I did at the very end of the season because the Browns made it to the playoffs, and you know it's kind of hard to look away fully. Um, but turn those off if you can. Find other sources of entertainment. When it comes to email, get rid of Gmail, Yahoo, Outlook, Verizon, Hotmail, AOL, Comcast, MailChimp, e- email services. All of those are um, taking part in censoring and canceling people based on what messages that they send. Open an email account with Reagan.com or ProtonMail. Both uh, claim to be private, and they are. 
Uh, but the Reagan.com uh, service, which is the one I use, has an annual fee, but it's peanuts. It's like $3 a month. Seriously, it's nothing. And I use Reagan Mail for that reason. So, And, and also, it is 100% private. So none of my information is sold to others uh, uh, by way of Reagan.com. Get rid of Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. Get Gab. Uh, get rid of... Um, Get rid of uh, uh, Fox News, it, it, you know, and I, and I think I've talked about this to some extent as well. Fox News is still a a billion percent better than ABC, NBC, CBS combined. It is still a trillion times better than CNN or MSNBC, but it's quite frankly not quite as constitutionally sound as it once was. Is not it's not as conservative in terms of providing the opposite side of the story or the other side of the story that you're going to hear on CNN as it once was. There is an element of wokeness, if you will, that you can find in Fox News. So there are other places that you can look. Uh, and, you know, I talk about them all the time whenever I share stories from them. Also, he says, get rid of the National Republican Party. Do not support it because of the money that they spend on causes that are not conservative or constitutional. Uh, stop doing business with the enemy when it comes to shopping and stores. And understand that sources of independent news and analysis could disappear unexpectedly. So you really have to try to support them. Uh, otherwise, they will be swallowed up by the giants, the monoliths uh, in the mainstream news. So that's a long answer to a question by a caller about uh who's leading the cancel culture it's it's not you know there isn't a list of individuals per se but those are just some of the biggest offenders and because of their size and their impact which is totally disproportionate to who they are and what they are the size and the impact that they um have on the cancel culture those are the things to to try to avoid and like i said there are some alternatives to those that are available to you in terms of your email to your entertainment and so on and so forth all right it's uh 10 17 uh i'm going to take an early time out here so that i can get back and get some callers and also let you hear from the president of the united states and one of the worst racists ever work in a presidential administration by the name of susan rice telling us that we need to be focused on equity not equality equity in government business and in our society it is a very dangerous message and i'll talk about that next am 1420 the answer Okay, 1022 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to, uh, before I go to the calls, I, I want to get a little bit of this in because it needs to be responded to, okay? Uh, it, it, in fact, it's very important to do so. Yesterday, the new president of the United States, don't kill the messenger. It's, it is what it is. He is, for uh, whatever reason. Uh, Joe Biden took to the national podium and on national television just spoke so much misinformation about race in this country it's hard to even quantify it all but just listen to a little bit about what he had to say we face deep racial inequities in american system systemic racism that has plagued our nation for far far too long this man hates america all right that's he's he's literally describing an america that is rife with systemic racism he hates it that's why he wants to change it in the same way barack obama did the same way chuck schumer said that they would he hates America. And he's also just flat out wrong. 
because the United States is not systemically racist. The United States is the least racist country on the face of the planet. What proof do I have? Take a look to the south of our border. Thousands upon thousands of people have gathered in two separate caravans from Honduras and Guatemala. These people are predominantly brown. We are told by Joe Biden and his party that brown and black people don't have a shot in this country because of systemic racism. Brown and black people are in grave danger in this country because of white supremacists and people with white privilege keeping them down. Isn't anybody going to tell the people in the caravan what a terrible mistake they're making? Isn't anybody going to tell those thousands of brown people, don't come to the United States, it's terrible for minorities there. Brown and black people are going to get crushed by systemic racism. You think about that. Thousands of people try to get into this country illegally every year. Thousands of ethnic minorities, brown, black, however you want to refer to them, they're coming here because they know the truth. They know the truth better than Joe Biden ever could. That this country is the greatest opportunity for anyone of any color, any race, any ethnicity to achieve and to, 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 to not only survive, but to thrive on the American dream. It's here. It's only here. That's why it's called the American dream. But Joe Biden wants you to think that no, 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 no. Brown and black people in this country are under the knee of oppression. I said that over the course of the past year that the blinders have been taken off the nation, the American people. But what many Americans didn't see or had simply refused to see couldn't be ignored any longer. Those uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds that took George Floyd's life opened the eyes of millions of Americans and millions of people around all over the world. It was the knee on the neck of justice, and it wouldn't be forgotten. Those eight minutes and 46 seconds that took George Floyd's life were exploited by the left wing of this government and the left wing of this society. And those eight minutes and 46 seconds were made to be something that they were. There is still nine months later. That happened in May. Nine months later. There is still zero evidence that his race played any role whatsoever in the way that he died. Zero evidence. There is zero in the career or personal history of the officer who knelt on him to suggest that he was racist in any way. You understand that? Zero evidence. Are the optics terrible as he knelt on that suspect? Yes. Are the facts important here? You better believe they are. And the facts are that George Floyd was complaining about not being able to breathe when he was still in the back of the cruiser. That's why he fought. He said he couldn't breathe in being in the cruiser. He was dying of a fentanyl overdose. He couldn't breathe long before they put him on his chair. They took him out of the cruiser and put him on the ground, and that knee to the back of the neck never should have happened. Don't get me wrong. But there is zero evidence that it had anything to do with race. It was exploited. 
by the media and, as I say, the left wing of this government, the left wing of this society, to make it look like this is how black people are treated in America. There was a man, and perhaps you've heard me talk about this before, there was a man in Dallas, Texas, who died in 2016 in an almost identical manner. He was actually the one who called police for help. He was also uh, in a very, very poor state of health, mentally and physically. And when the police arrived, there was a confrontation that resulted in this man also being put on the ground, on his chest, and he was knelt on for far longer than 8 minutes and 46 seconds by two different police officers. They knelt on him in the same sort of control-type movement uh, or control-type um, application, if you will, uh, that George Floyd experienced. And guess what? Tony Timpa in Dallas, Texas, died while under the knees of those officers. Almost identical. Why do I say almost identical? Well, because there was one thing that was different. Tony Tempa was white. And that's why it's likely you never heard his name before. America didn't burn when Tony Tempa died under the knees of police officers in Dallas, Texas. Because nobody exploited his death, just like they exploit race and racism and race relations for personal and political benefit the way they, the way they do any time and every time there is an encounter between a black suspect and a police officer that results in death or something that anybody else might consider or those on the left might consider um, uh, unnecessary force or excessive force. No one knew the name Tony Timpa. Everybody knew the name of George Floyd. That's not because of their circumstances being different. It's because of the exploitation of their deaths, or in one case, one death, um, by left-wing politicians. So that needs to be stated. Because George Floyd died, there are hundreds of millions of people who are going to be discriminated against. And those people are called white people. Because George Floyd died and his death was exploited and treated as some sort of racist episode, again, of which there is zero evidence even today, nine months after the fact, the discrimination in terms of jobs, college acceptance and admissions, um, promotion, In business, discrimination is going to be practiced and is being practiced against white people in this country because of it. All because of this new push, because George Floyd died, for, quote, equity. And yesterday Biden said, government diversity and sensitivity training is going to happen. Unity and healing are going to happen through equity, which is an extraordinarily dangerous word. I'll give you the rest of what Biden said, maybe a little bit of what Susan Rice said about equity and equality, and then I, I know I stay there. If you're on hold, stay there. I just There's so much info I want to share with you. But we'll get into that on the other side of the news. AM 1420, The Answer. All right, let me dive into the rest of this real fast, then I'll get to your phone calls. But this needs to be responded to because it was just done yesterday. 
the announcement of executive orders signed, four executive orders signed by Joe Biden, uh, promoting racial equity in the United States, which is very, very different than equality. Uh, Susan Rice, who allowed soldiers to die in Benghazi along with Hillary Clinton, her employer at the time, and then lied to the American people to cover that up, claiming that it was about a video. You remember the story. Susan Rice is one of the most reprehensible people in the history of American government. And she now, of course, is a prominent spokesperson in the Biden administration. In fact, she's the White House Domestic Policy Council Director. She's not just a spokesperson. She's a policymaker. And yesterday, in addition to Biden speaking, his tripe about racial equity in the United States, Susan Rice spoke about what they are doing to pursue same. We've hit the ground running to embed equity throughout the administration. On day one, the president signed an executive order directing an unprecedented whole-of-government initiative to embed racial equity across federal policies, programs, and institutions. That starts with a review of policies and institutions to redress systemic racism. Which does not exist. Where it exists. And to advance equity where we aren't doing enough. Which is a dangerous, dangerous, discriminatory element. Every agency will place equity at the core of their public engagement, their policy design and program delivery, to ensure that government resources are reaching Americans of color and all marginalized communities, rural, urban, disabled, LGBTQ+, religious minorities, and so many others. All right, I'm going to stop it there so that we can get into what equity really is. There was a guest on Tucker last night um, whose name escapes me, and I apologize for that. Um, But his description of of equity was very good. Imagine you are at a card table, meet a blackjack table or any any other kind of table. There's five or six other people around you. Equality exists when all of those individuals have an equal chance of winning. And they do. Equity would insist upon, no matter who won the pot, that the the rest of the people at the table get an equal share of those winnings. At the end of the game, everybody has to have the same amount of money. No matter their skill, no matter their ability to win, doesn't matter. At the end, everyone has to be the same. That's equity, and it's unfair. It is, it, is a, it is a devastating thing for a free country, for a constitutional republic like ours. Because if they are insistent upon everybody having the same outcome at the end of their lives or going about their lives, then they are taking out of the equation merit, effort, education, desire for advancement and promotion. Equity means that no matter what you do or don't do, you get to have the same outcome simply because you may be part of a disadvantaged or an under-advantaged or a historically undereducated um, demographic. That's what equity is. Equality provides the same level of opportunity for a black, a white, an Asian, uh, uh, a European, uh, um, you know, well, whatever American. Do your little hyphenated games. 
Equality provides the same level of opportunity for everybody. And the same level of assistance is available to everybody. That's equality, and that's what I believe in. And that's what America was founded upon. Equality. No white person should be given a better opportunity for success than a black person. No black person should be given a better opportunity of success than an Asian person. Everybody should have the same equal opportunity. But equity takes all of that away. Equity is providing, giving to people who did not achieve at the level of others so that everybody has the same outcome at the end. So what Susan Rice and Joe Biden and the the, the far left is trying to do here is to say that no matter what you try to do, how hard you work at it, if you're a part of a group that has had different circumstances, even if you've had the same opportunities, equality of opportunities, but if you are a part of a group that has had different circumstances, we are going to reallocate resources to you to help you reach an equal outcome to everybody else. In other words, if you have a new car in your garage and the guy down the street is driving a beater, you're going to have to sell yours. Give half the money to him so you can both be driving the same type of car. That would be the equitable distribution of automotive resources. Equity is not equality. And for people to use those terms interchangeably, particularly the leftists who are counting on the ignorance of the general population, counting on them to not know the difference, because it sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, to hear a spokesperson for the government say, we are going to focus on, on equity for the United States of America. We are going to focus on getting rid of the inequities of the system. It sounds like, yeah, I want everybody to be equal, too. Let's get rid of those inequities. Inequities are not inequalities words matter their definitions matter and there is not one thing in the United States not one right that a person who is white and thus considered to be white privileged has than any ethnic or racial minority doesn't have find me something right now in US law or state law, or in the Constitution that allows white people to have something that other colored people are not allowed to have, that other uh, ethnic people, that other religious or sexual orientation people are not allowed to have. Think about that. There isn't opportunity is there. I was getting into an argument on a Facebook post by WKYC, which, by the way, hit so far away from being an actual local news organization, I am so ashamed. I am so ashamed of WKYC Channel 3. I am just ashamed of them. They use the social media platforms to promote left-wing causes to the point it's, it's an embarrassment. And I frequently take to their comment section to let them know that. WKYC, I think, should stand for Wokeness Kills Your Country. It's that bad. But I was in an argument with somebody about this sort of thing uh, yesterday. And somebody said, oh, yeah, well, if, 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 if everything was equal, explain why the average white family has eight times more wealth than the average black family. Clearly, there's not inequality. There's no equality in that. I said, you can't explain that? And I said, sure, I'd be happy to. I said, the reason why there is a wealth disparity is not because of inequality. It is because of the opportunities that are taken advantage of by one culture 
over or in a different manner than another. Meaning, this is what Larry Elder says every night on his show, and he is spot on. 75% of black kids in America grow up in single-parent households. They are automatically at a disadvantage then, not because of inequities in our system or inequalities of opportunity, but because of choices. These kids are being raised by single parents, and in 90% of those 75% of, of single-parent households, it's they're living with their mother, there's no father in the picture, and thus no discipline, no direction, no making sure they're going to school, no making sure that the homework is done, no making sure that the grades are on par. And when those things don't happen, what does it lead to? Disproportionate rates of black dropouts and non-graduations, uh, meaning they're not getting high school diplomas. How high can you rise in a society today without a high school diploma? Of course you're not going to be able to achieve uh, greater positions and achieve more wealth. But that's not because they don't have an opportunity. It's because of choices. And I, I went further to say this isn't just black and white. Because guess who has a much higher wealth uh, per capita ratio over white people? Asian Americans do. Why? Because they achieve at an even higher educational level. Their parents, based on their culture, put a, 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 a premium on education. So much so that there are kids who come here from some Asian countries, come to the United States, go to colleges, not speaking English, and getting A's in everything. Because that's how hard they work at it. And they outperform white people by a pretty significant margin. And thus outperform white people in getting job promotions and on down the line. But people want to say, well, no. If I'm black or I'm brown, I'm disadvantaged in this country. I don't have an equal opportunity. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If kids are raised with two parents in the household, their chances of graduating high school increase exponentially. Or as Joe Biden would say, exponentially. If kids have two parents in their household making sure that the kids are doing their jobs and kids are going to college or going to a trade school, their wealth uh, uh, opportunities are limitless. If kids are growing up without parents that make them go to school and do their work and allowing them to drop out and start to run on the streets, maybe join gangs, those kids are never going to have an opportunity for wealth that is actually countable rather than that which is stolen. Those kids are not going to have that opportunity. I don't care what color you are. If you're black, white, red, red, brown, green, purple, or, or orange with pink polka dots, you will not have those opportunities if you do not, if you are not raised in the right uh, manner and you do not seize those opportunities. Those opportunities are there for all, but they are not taken advantage of by all. Equity says that no matter what, an equitable outcome says that no matter how hard one tries or doesn't try, they get the same outcome at the end. And to not provide them with that same outcome at the end through assistance or gifts or grants is racist. We are now being run by a racially discriminatory administration. And their racial discrimination is against whites. Because to achieve equity, you just heard Susan Rice talk about it, in hiring, we are going to be given priority, giving priority to those in marginalized communities. In other words, black and brown, 
gay versus straight or any of the other alphabet soup of the LGBT communities um, and so on and so forth. They are going to be given job opportunities. They're going to be given spots in college admission classes. They're going to be given promotions. They're going to be given all kinds of preferential treatment because of the inequities that we see in the system today. And to not address those inequities is to promote white privilege. So white people are now getting discriminated against simply for looking the way that they do. So be aware of what's coming. It was an awful long monologue, and I do apologize. John and Chardon, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. This is some information that needs to be understood and disseminated to people. Uh, but, John, go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. Uh, going back to Jumer and Nacy, he's smart, he's a good person, he's got a good record as a businessman, and he has great ideas for the future of Ohio. Now, regarding his choices, I would run for the Portman senator job because it's a vacancy, and he's got a better chance of winning that than going against uh, Mike Mike DeWine as, as governor. I mean, I'm sure he's considering Mike, that too, John. Yeah, because uh, you yeah. know it's hard to defeat an incumbent um, like he found out when he ran, you know, in that late race against Sherrod Brown. And thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. It's hard to defeat an incumbent, uh, much harder than it is to win an open seat. I totally agree with you, and it could be a better chance for him. However, that being said. Ohio is in a state of disrepair right now under Mike DeWine. And uh, to, to primary a strong Republican candidate, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Jim Renacci against Mike DeWine in the primary, I think would have a very, very strong appeal toward Republicans and perhaps even those centrists in the state that don't want to hand power to the Democrats. Uh, Matthew in Medina next. Hi, Matthew. Go ahead. All right. Let's go to Chuck in Maple Heights next. Chuck, are you there? Good morning, Bob. Thank you Good morning, for the line. Uh, yes, sir. I, what I would like to ask you, real quick, a quick question. One thing is, do conservatives never give it back to the, the to the left Democratic base? They're they're from the top to the bottom. We stand there and we take it. We always, oh, we're going to take the higher road. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's time. And I don't want to use the word fight the wrong way. They start fighting back. I mean, remember when Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib said very nasty things about the Jewish state and comments about Jewish people and all, and they went to Congress and they feathered them around and told them, oh, we don't want to hurt you or your good people. They, they, they never did nothing to them. They never censored them. They never went at them. And when Queen Kamala came out and she said what she said about getting these people out of jail, we're going to pay to get these people off. Why didn't somebody come up, one of our senators, come up and censor her or come after her and say, hey, we're going to impeach you? They never do that. We sit there and take it, and then when it's all done, they start bubbling and crying about what we could have did. I understand what Rand Paul says. Somebody needs to be, come up and say, we're going to do this. And, and if they're wrong and it falls on their face, at least they try. But one thing I want to ask you about is all these young African-American kids and all that get these good college scholarships play basketball and sports for all these schools. I wonder why all these kids, out of all of them, are going to school. And now this is not this. Why aren't they using that to further their life? Why aren't there more African-American police officers and paramedics and people of stature? Out there every day I watch TV, I see all these people getting all these great education. Why aren't they taking advantage of these educations and coming out making this world better? I know an African-American friend of mine well, I, I, I've got to jump in here, Chuck, because I'm short on time here. I got to get to a break, so I appreciate your phone call. Let me let me hit both of those real super quick. Um, <clears throat> with respect to, well, actually, let me just do the last one. With respect to you know African Americans, there are 
tons of African-Americans who go to college and become hugely successful when they come out, including a lot of those who are on scholarship for sports, which, yes, do disproportionately go toward African-Americans based on athletic merit. And that's just the numbers are what the numbers are. And many of them do go and do great things, and that's fantastic. It's not them that we need to be worried about. It is anybody who doesn't pursue a career that they could contribute to society and because of their choices, not because of opportunities not given to them. That's where this issue of equality versus inequity comes in. Everybody has an opportunity. If you uh, you know, get a high school diploma, you don't even need to go to college to be a police officer. You could indeed try to help and serve your community as a police officer. Why aren't there more minorities? Well, culture plays a role. And the culture in many minority communities is the police are the enemies. The police are the enemies of our race and our culture. You don't go and tr- be, be a race trader and trade in your brown or your black for blue. You do that, you lose your friends, you lose your family, you lose everything. That's a reality of the situation. It's sad, but it's real. And we'll be right back. Okay, 1057, it's going to be a short wrap here, but I really need it. And I want you to take the information, by the way, that I spent a good deal of this hour conveying to you with respect to equality and and, uh, equity and so on and so forth. Take it with you, please, and share it with others. If you want to just send people to the website, tell them to go to whkradio.com and listen to hour number two for all of this information. But make sure people know the left succeeds at... uh, deluding and fooling the public because the public doesn't know. They want you to think that inequity is an evil thing and that it's the same thing as inequality. Inequality is unconscionable, and we condemn inequality. We promote equality. That's what this country was built on. Inequity is a very different thing. Equity is a very dangerous thing. And people need to know the difference. Do not let them take advantage of you because you aren't aware. Share this with other people, please. Nancy in Cleveland is going to be our last caller. Nancy, go right ahead. I've got a minute for you. Yes. Uh, talk about this equity and equality is the same thing happened to me. Now, I was doing real good in ge- geometry, and then they decided to promote me to advanced geometry. And guess what? I couldn't cut the mustard. And after a while, they sent me back. They said, no, I'm sorry. You're not going to make it. Now, are these people going to promote these people, give them the opportunity, which I'm not against, but if they can't cut the mustard, are they going to keep them and then let them be an anchor dragging down whatever job it is that they're working at? Just yes. Because we yes. Have to short answer, them? Nancy. Short answer, and I've got to give it to you now because I'm out of time here, is yes, they are. They are not interested in the best. They're not interested in meritocracy. They're interested in equity. And that means even if you can't cut the mustard, as you say, you end up uh, in, a, in a prime position. We'll follow this up tomorrow on AM 1420, The Answer. Have a great day.